What's up, folks? Thank you for tuning in to the Progression Project Podcast. I am your host, Eric Antonson. Uh, this is a foiling series episode, and the guest is Nathan Van Vuren. Um, super stoked to have Nathan on. He is credited by Kane DeWild as having created the pump that kind of everyone is uh, modeling these days, that double cadence arm swing um, pump. If you guys have not watched Nathan surfing, you should definitely do it. He's on Instagram at Nathan Van Vuren, all one word as, as it sounds. Um, but also on Instagram or not, sorry, on, on YouTube, if you go to YouTube, he has some incredible videos. One, he catches 50 waves in a row. Uh, and I told him on the podcast that I wish that they fast forward through the pumping, but I wish they hadn't in that video. And the video is already like 11 minutes. I wonder how long it would have been if they just let it go full speed. But absolutely incredible feat. He, um, his family, his dad Ivan, is the owner of Signature Performance Gear. So the Signature foils, which they get those designs, I guess, from Cliffy, uh, Unifoil. Um, but those foils are insane. Construction's insane. Um, so Nathan has had uh, an inside window into all of the gear uh, as the sport has progressed and is in, in testing. And recently, just posted on flying, I believe it was the 210 without a fuselage, just um, just the front wing, just the front foil. You could foil it. So pumping, pumping was difficult. But um, we get pretty technical in the conversation. Uh, I think that you will all enjoy it. Thanks for those of you who reached out on Instagram with questions for Nathan. I uh, appreciate that. Here's a thought that I had. Um, maybe while recording this or shortly thereafter. And I think about this in regards to my son, who is 11, Damo's 11 right now. Um, and I'm not exactly sure how old Nathan is. He's probably 16 or 17. Um, I did not ask. But it's interesting in regards to perspective on some of these younger guys in foiling because I think it would be impossible to almost have maybe the gratitude that some of us older folks have towards what what the sport has opened up in water sports. I mean, you know, having a, a lifetime of groveling and bad surf and then having the foil and how stoked we are on that is probably a lot different than say my son who is, uh, you know, just had the foil for the last year and he's 11. So he doesn't, he doesn't have that appreciation for how amazing it is. So not that there's any, um, feeling of that in this show, but I was just thinking about it from a perspective of um, what the foil opens up. And unless you've done that groveling for that long, it's probably hard to uh, to appreciate that. All right. Uh, some other fun things going on. I have been testing all sorts of wings in some downwinders. We've had some crazy heavy winds for the last little bit. And Something kind of surprising, the 190 Unifoil is my favorite pump wing in surf for sure, but it's got a fairly small um, surface area. And so it's it, unless you're maintaining a fairly high speed, it's a difficult wing to keep flying. So if you, if you slow down, you'll stall out pretty early. And yesterday I took that out and I thought that I was going to have just this bomber session on it. Um, because the winds were nuking and the surf was, I don't know, probably a little bit overhead. And so you're chipping in and then pumping out the back. But what ended up happening was that there was so much turbulence on the inside as I was trying to like, you know, after cut, catching the wave to pump back out that the wing was stalling. And it took me a number of, a number of tries to get to where I could get out back into clean water with speed and then start connecting. And it, I didn't anticipate that. I figured that since I love that wing and surf so much that it would have been just money for um, for those conditions. But it, it was not. I still will opt for the bigger 250 because you have such a, a bigger margin for air. Maybe not even air is the right word, but you have a bigger margin of uh, speed and even though the 250 is affected more by the turbulence, it flies through it to where that 190 will, will stall out. And Nathan talks about that some on the show as far as pumping back out through whitewater and what his objectives are, how he takes on whitewater. I thought that was uh, super interesting and something that you guys will appreciate. Uh, in bad news, I blew out another box on a board I was testing. 
uh, not one of mine, but um, I won't name it, but a board I was testing, it, it just pumping, just blew out. If there's not structure in boxes, guys, they're going to blow. And this is a carbon uh, board. Um, I'm going to drop in kind of like a cassette now into that to stiffen it up, but couldn't, couldn't believe that that one blew out so quickly. It seems to me um, probably eight to 10 sessions on a box without um, if I'm riding a higher aspect, like a bigger wing, then I'm pumping pretty hard. And I'm a, I'm probably the best tester for this because I'm in a wetsuit, probably 210 pounds and uh, pumping around all the time. So everything's blown out without structure now. And a Divinicel little one and a half inch high density insert is not doing it. You know, it's just creating a weak point where the Divinicel hits the lower density foam and then, then it's getting floppy and then blowing out just takes a little bit longer, but structure. The the double stringer boards, even though they're a little bit heavier, we haven't had a failure on those yet. I've got a bunch of those out being tested. Um, we've been working on getting those a little bit lighter. We're probably very close to announcing. We're done with the shapes now, loving the shapes, and just dialing in construction. We'll have those soon, hopefully. Um, so, all right, well, let's jump into the show. Uh, this is Nathan Van Vuren, Rides for Signature, credited with um, all sorts of good stuff in the sport. You know, Kane DeWild says he's, uh, Nathan's one of the guys that that he looks up to, which says a whole lot. So enjoy and thanks for all of the support and feedback. Nathan, thanks for coming on the show, man. Been trying to get you on forever. How's everything? Oh, going well, eh? Such a awesome time. So amped to be on the podcast at last, eh? <laughs> Long <laughs> way, but I'm at last. <laughs> yeah, man, I feel like your surfing has inspired, your foiling has inspired everyone who listens. And so you are top five requested guests for sure. And you've been credited with the pump that everyone is emulating right now too. Kane on the podcast said that you invented the pump that everyone is doing now. And so it's like, <laughs> that's insane, man. So thanks a lot for doing it. Appreciate it. Uh, it's a pleasure. Um, to get things started, uh, why don't you, for folks who don't know who you are, it's probably not too many of them, but kind of give a short background of you, your family growing up surfing, water sports, and then get us into foiling and then we can, we can start there. Yeah, so I grew up in Maui, Hawaii. My parents moved there uh, a while ago. My dad was there for windsurfing, so he was really into like the water sports scenes and all the, the water stuff. So as soon as I was born, pretty much born into the water there, enjoying the warm water of Maui, just bodyboarding, then moving up to the shortboarding. So yeah, it was just a natural progression from there, just the surfing, really getting into it. Then we moved to... California from Maui and then from California we moved back to Maui for about two years and then we moved to South Africa which was a big change in climate with the water is very different as well but very beautiful country amazing waves here so definitely really cool to learn surfing on this side as well just we have some amazing waves here with a lot less people a lot less crowded but just as good sometimes so that really helped with learning learning like the ropes and just really getting into some of the competitions here just the local ones getting into it so yeah it was really cool and then foiling came around and everything blew up from there eh? <laughs> how much how much of your water time is now spent on the foil you i don't know been trying to <laughs> trying to get back into the surfing a little bit because as soon as foiling <laughs> came out i don't know if i ever got back on the surfboard eh? <laughs> it was crazy yeah, so most of my time is spent on the foil now. Yeah. I'm trying to mix back in the surfing and the standard paddle boarding just to keep things going on that side, but mostly mostly foiling, trying to push a little bit more now. Yeah, see how the progression goes. Yeah. Um, you have been someone who with, I, I believe Signature is owned by your family. Is that correct, by your dad? Yes, that is correct. So, so you have been at the forefront of research and design and foiling and watched everything come about. And I'd love to get your dad on the show at some point too, Ivan, um, <laughs> and, and we've talked about it. But I wanted to start with you and I wanted to start with you because of the technique and, and the actual foiling. But from, from a gear perspective, how has 
being a part of the evolution of gear um, maybe change the way that you see foiling, see the ocean and everything? Has, has that been influential? Yeah, so I think it's been amazing just with our business, just with the, the foiling, just how that came about was so crazy, just how the gear has changed so much over time. But some of it's still there, but it's really awesome to see how far it's come and where it's going to go. Yeah. What are you riding these days? What are your favorite wings? So I, right now, I'm hooked on the signature Albatross 165. Yo, uh-huh. That is probably one of the, the craziest falls I've ever ridden. Just the the speed it has being able to pump and turn at the same time. So it has the the turning ability of a stealth, but you can pump it almost like an Albatross 210, which is like the perfect combination. That's insane. I ride the 190, the, the Uni 190. You guys don't have a, a 190 yet, do you? Uh, the no, signature we don't line? Have I started on the uh, the 210, then got the 250, and then and then went down to the 190. I weigh about 200 pounds, though. I think the 165 is probably too small, but I feel like I'm getting a lot out of the 190 that you're talking about there, that that marriage of speed and, and turning. Yeah. What, what, uh, what, what tails are you using? What have you tested, and, and what are you liking the most? So I've yo, I've tested pretty much all there is like with tail wings, short, long, fat, skinny. So I've I've really been gravitating lately either with the racing with the 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 twin tip, the signature twin tip with like the two tips on the side, and sometimes for wave riding, just a plain flat cut down wing. So our sprint tail wing just cut down a little bit. So really the flat wing and the wave line really gives you that pivot. So it has a bit less direction. So it's a little bit more skatey and hard to ride, but you can whip it a lot harder. So if you're going to ride, say, the flat tail, and I've gone back and forth between the flat tail and the down curve. I think you guys call it the apex. Um, yeah, the apex. Yeah. How much smaller are you riding the apex than than the sprint tail for me i need a a much bigger wider uh wingspan sprint tail than i do for the apex how does that work for you you feeling the same thing generally generally i don't i don't ride the apex that often unless i'm riding a slightly bigger foil because the apex gives a lot of direction and lift Mm -hmm. so most of the time, it's it's nice when you're just getting into it. That pumping really helps, like just stabilize the foil mm-hmm. with the apex. But it does if you're trying to crank really hard. It sometimes gets a little bit stuck on the turns. Mm-hmm. But it's the time we don't we keep our our standard size on the the apex, and we usually end up cutting down the the sprinter wing, the flat one. Interesting, because I I cut down the apex to like a twelve inch tail and then it gives me enough and maybe it's because of what do you weigh how tall are you and what do you weigh everybody asked that question so, i am five foot ten okay and i weigh 62 kilograms that's about 170 pounds probably around there okay. i don't know the i don't know the pounds too much here in south africa but i think it's roughly around there um let me do the math on that real quick girl uh, <laughs> About, maybe about 140 pounds. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, that sounds better. <laughs> okay, yeah. So maybe, so maybe that's it. Maybe the stab tail is feeling better for some folks that that are lighter. I know for me, it's it's really hard to keep the uh, the uh, I'm sorry, the the race tail, the flat tail. It's harder for me to keep it up because I need more lift that I'm getting. So when I cut down that, the, the race tail, it's really hard to keep it up in the, uh, up in the water. So, so maybe there's something there that has to do with weight and, and overall yeah. lift. So that's usually what happens. I think if you're slightly heavier, you want that extra, that extra, that lift for you and also to maintain the glide when you're pumping. So right. if I had to put, let's say my dad on the Albatross 165 or my albatross 175 with my cut down tailwing he because he's a little bit heavy he's probably not going to go as long just because of the the size difference and the the weight to foil ratio so yeah i think generally a slightly bigger tailwing does help if you're a little bit heavier yeah i've noticed that and you know when i ride the 250 albatross 
I can get away with a pretty small flat rear because it has so yeah. much lift. Um, yeah, because that that 250 has so much lift. It does. It's incredible side you get, but you can put any towing on it works, eh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so one of your videos, there, there's a bunch of good videos um, online that I'm sure everyone who's listening to the podcast has broken down to learn how to pump. But one of them you catch, <laughs> is it like 50 waves in a row? Yeah, so that one was when we pretty much just got to Maui and I was so psyched to be there. I was like, I need to get in the water as quick as I can. My dad was on the beach filming and I just ended up catching about 50 waves in a row. Everyone was like, what are you doing? It was so crazy. But I think it was just really cool. Just the perfect day and time to do it. So yeah, that was a really awesome video. One of my first long, long pumps, but it has, the time has gotten a bit longer since then. So Trying to push a little bit more now. <laughs> what were you on? What wing was that? I was I was on the original 175 Albatross with a flat tail wing. Okay. Wow. Yeah, that was impressive. You know, the only part about that video that I took issue with was that you guys fast forwarded through all the pumping. So you get <laughs> <laughs> what everyone wants to break down. Um, yeah. So, hey, on that note, can you break down your technique to pump? And how did you come up with it? Because it's been attributed, you know, the uh, the kind of the double cadence arm swing or the halftime arm swing, maybe. <laughs> yeah. That's been attributed <laughs> to you. When did that? When did you first feel that? Or did you did you model it off of anybody else, or did you come up with it? So I I was watching a lot of foiling, just seeing guys' techniques when I was starting, because I I obviously wanted to link a lot of waves of foil, just have a good time. So. I was watching a couple guys, but everyone seemed to be had a very wide stance, and it seemed like they're looking, they're putting too much effort in. So I wanted to find the most efficient way to get to the back, catch a wave, rest, and then get to the back again without getting too tired. So I came up with that that way, taking off a couple different guys, just the the unique kind of way that you pump, but it's just that light. You try to be as light as you can on your pump with your feet quite close together, just a little bit down, then you angle the foil up, down and then up. So think overall, it's just a really light, not put too much effort in. As soon as you get on that wave, you you rest as much as you can. <laughs> when did you come up with the arm swing? So I think I was watching Kai's one video he put up. It was... Yo, it was a while back. He was riding, I think it was Armstrong with a Nash board. Okay. And I he know caught eight waves in a row. Yep. <laughs> and that was crazy. I was like, no ways. That must have been like nuts. So I saw him using his arms and really that's where I first saw that kind of technique with the arm swing, really using your body momentum to like pump. And after that, just slightly, like slightly fine tuning it to what worked for my, my body and my foil. So yeah excellent well the foil world thanks you for that <laughs> it seems to be the most efficient way to pump for sure um yeah especially with the higher aspect wing some of the lower aspect wings how, how small of a wing can you go down to before you really start having to drive into the pump are you riding the 150 the i know uni makes it i don't know if you guys at signature make it yet yeah, so initially with the downwinds, I started on the 175 Stealth, which was, an, it was quite a nightmare. I thought this this would work really well, but it turns out it was a good wave wing. And then Clifford, he ended up sending us a 150, um, 150 Stealth. And it was, it was pretty cool. It was one of the original ones, and I ended up downwinding on that as well. Pumped really well, just I think I was a little bit lighter back then. But that seemed to work pretty well. But I found I can go down to the 120 Albatross or the 120 Stealth, and I can still catch like three waves without really giving it too hard. So I think it's just all in the technique and where you're placing your weight when you foil and when you pump. Yeah. Did Have you um, talked to Kane or do you have a trick about balancing the foil? On the podcast, he gave a trick about um, holding the – basically close to the leading edge of the foil, the board upside down and having the, the board be balanced horizontal. Um, do you use that same trick or do you have a different trick on how you like to balance a foil? What's your setup? Yeah, so when we went to my, we met him there and he shows that trick and I was like, that's so mind blowing. So that's, 
I think that's really helped the way I set up the foil. Just if I'm on some setup that I'm not really used to and I want to ride it comfortably, I'll use that that method of just holding the foil and seeing if everything kind of balances out. But yeah, I did I did learn it from him when we went to Maui. Yeah? Um, and if you now are balancing foils are you generally from that point are you generally going more tail heavy more nose heavy uh do you do you adjust what are the trends that you're seeing i know that i've found that as i'm getting better i am liking more tail weight after that balance so to help me in the pump and help me in turning is that a trend that that you see too or do you stay pretty close to that balance point so i usually end up uh drifting more to the the tail the foil closer to the tail yeah just for the pumping just it seems to be a little bit lighter but i find if you want to really have that pivot point on the foil and have it like very lively and you might not pump but if you move it a little bit more forward it really it becomes more alive right okay yeah that's that's the same thing that i'm feeling too and i'm finding that i used to think some boards felt heavy and then as you move forward it's almost like that weight starts to work for you yeah so i think the heavier the board and also depends on what foil you have but i think generally the heavier the board like the further foil you'll have to go with your foil just for the extra lift to lift the board out of the water but yeah i think if you have a really big foil you can usually end up with the the mass being quite far back on your board and still get away with it yeah so when you look at foiling as a sport right now and from your vantage point as one of probably the 10 guys who are seeing it most clearly, seeing the future most clearly. What do you think that everyone is missing right now? What are people not seeing that you're seeing? So, yo, that's it's quite, a, <laughs> quite a hectic question. Probably, <laughs> no <laughs> softballs. <laughs> um, probably right now, everyone, they're all doing really well with the wave riding and that kind of side of things. But where we'll probably end up seeing a little bit more, we've we've done a lot of the the high aspect ratio, the the pumping the, and all that kind of stuff with the the downwinding and everything. But it's been really cool to see how the guys have been doing a lot of the 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 high aspect wings and the the surf foiling. I think that's definitely something. That'll come around soon enough. Just different types of foils that really work with the higher aspect and like the wave riding and that that side of things. Yeah. What's the what are some of the craziest foil setups that you have tried? And and what are some key takeaways that you had from riding those? I know I've seen some of your Instagram videos. <laughs> you know, you you've ridden without a tail wing. Um, <laughs> you know, what have you learned through some of your what are your craziest experiences and, and what have you learned through those? I think the craziest one was recently when we, I think I put a post up um, about the not having the fuselage on the, the Stealth 200. That that blew my mind very much so. So we put it on, I went off a wave, and it was probably, <laughs> it's probably in the most skittish foil I've ever been on. It's just so wobbly and loose, but once I got the hang of it, it was actually very fast and lively. So managed to pump a little bit, but not as well as I would with a uh, foil with a fuselage, but I think that's probably the craziest uh, experience I've had recently. What are, what are some of the other crazy foils that you've tested? I saw a double masked foil. Um, what <laughs> so else are you guys playing with? Pretty, that was also pretty crazy. When we we thought of that, we thought, why not try a foil like a quad bike or a bicycle? It's a little bit more stable than riding a unicycle. So we put the two on. We we had two different level masks. We had like a 650 and a 750 mask on with a I think it was an albatross and a stealth on the other side. So we went out and we <laughs> we tried it and it worked actually surprisingly well. And that that was really one of the craziest experiences because the board is also so heavy, it was like this tank. But I think that was really a stepping stone as well in the progression of foiling. Do you think that in the downwind type race scene we're gonna start to see multiple foils for stability? Or do you think that the current you know, airplane type design is, is where this is going to stay. So I think the foils will vary from time to time with the downwinding side. 
probably you'll see a couple guys trying the 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 twin mast that setup. It could it'll have its benefits and the things might not work sometimes, but it'll probably help for maybe getting into downwinding or foiling with the stability side of things because it's a lot more stable, more easy to manage than a, a single wing. But I do I do think that the the single mast will stay in for for a long time because it's still the original it's it's fast and it works so i think guys will stick with it for a while before moving yeah all right so i got another one this was almost a, like a something i'm struggling with right now and i'd love your tips because i see you paddling into waves and popping up on boards that are much smaller than than most <laughs> folks ride and i'm six foot one and i recently started testing some boards that are right around four foot four foot two it's super difficult for me to get my front foot to land far enough forward with that kind of height to a board length ratio. When I get it, it's amazing. I love the feeling, but it's, I miss too often. And if I land too far back, then I'm getting yarded by the foil. What are your tips for taking off on those ridiculously small boards? How small are they, you know, to start that? So the smallest, the smallest board I have is a two foot 10. It's a little green board I sometimes pump around on. Really awesome, but it's more like swimming in two waves and paddling into them. So it's a little bit different, but it's definitely more of a novelty board. Just really fine if the waves are perfect for it. But then I'll also end up riding a, a three foot eight is probably one of my go-to boards and a four foot six. Okay. Just for the really small days, wanting to get in easy. But I think with the question you had, trying to get that front foot on, it is it can be a struggle sometimes. Found with the what I did in the beginning, trying to actually I still do it to this day, but I take my time sometimes just making sure the back foot's on first, pushing the foil down with my front with my hands. And then as soon as that back foot's in place and I feel balanced, I'll put the front foot on. And then it gives you that extra bit of time just to get your your bearings in and then you feel a bit more comfortable when you stand up instead of popping up straight away trying to hope that you get in the right spot so yeah it does help yeah um i do the same back foot first technique there sometimes if it's like a whitewater takeoff i'll almost even use my front foot to steady myself as i you know you kind of get yarded up sometimes you kind of yeah. get that launch to try to balance out that launch before you can get set up um, so that seems pretty similar. What, what size boards are you gravitating towards? How do you see swing? Talk, talk boards for a little bit. Let's go through this because you've experimented from what I've seen with a lot of different things. Um, what is your comfort zone um, when you're just foiling, pumping around? If you're playing in the foam, hitting whitewash, does that change the boards that you want to ride? Let's, let's just talk boards for a bit. Yeah, so I've I've tried pretty much all the boards. I've shaped shaped a couple. Just I've gone really small, as I said, with that two foot ten board, just to see what the the limits were and tested that out. But I have been gravitating lately towards just a normal size board with volume, probably the four foot six with like forty liters. So for some guys, that's like a tank. But I've really been enjoying paddling into the waves. Just really easy, just not having to exert too much energy and. It really helps like having a slightly longer board if you want to do turning up white like white water and and things like that. Just the extra control, having the the space to move your front and your back foot around a bit more freely than being on like a three foot eight board and you kind of you're stuck in the same spot a little bit more. So instead of being trapped, you have a bigger a bigger area on the four foot six to move around and adjust your weight. Um, when you're hitting white water. Uh, Jason recently on the last podcast was talking about how their goal, his goal when he's hitting whitewater is basically to stall the foil so that you can then land back on the whitewater as you ride it out in a safer manner than being up on foil with all the turbulence. Are you doing the same thing? Are you trying to stall the foil when you hit whitewash? So most of the time I'll I'll do what Jason does. You go up and you, you hit the foam and you just stall it so nothing happens. But sometimes if you do have enough speed and you're feeling you're feeling confident, you can actually you can hit that foam and then sometimes it does throw you a little bit if you can just hang on, it actually it does work sometimes. So if you you can stall it out, it is a lot safer and it, it pretty much works the same. But if you're feeling really confident, you can 
you can actually bring like the, the foil out a little bit and keep foiling without dropping down. When you're going to stall the foil there, what's your technique to do that? How are you approaching um, hitting, hitting like an oncoming whitewater section? So a lot of the time, if I, if I see a whitewater section approaching, I will I'll either one of the, the two things, probably just grab my rail and just make sure that the board doesn't leave my feet and hit the foam, which is generally a lot safer, mm-hmm. or, or just hold on tight and stall the, stall the foil out and then gently land back onto the whitewater and try to get back up again. How are you stalling the foil out? Is that just basically like the same thing as like throwing the tail on a shortboard where you're just pushing kind of like out on your back foot to create like a, what would that be? Like a, a yaw slide almost like, is that right? Yeah. So I think it does help having the whitewater there because even if you're like pumping out over waves and you hit a whitewater, it does, it does drop you a lot. So yeah. as soon as you hit that whitewater on the wave, you can feel the aeration. And if you hit it on the right that you're like you said, and you put it almost into a flat spin, uh-huh. it does drop immediately. So there's no water to lift it out of the water. So that's a great way to look at it, like a flat spin. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're you're just kind of like as soon as you get that sideways tail motion, it'll drop. Um that's interesting. I did a downwinder today, Nathan, where it's, it's uh well kind of like I, I don't know what you call this. I don't know if you guys do them. We don't get to do real downwinders here, but we have a miles of of like sandbank beach and right now we have a the beach um runs north south we have a 20 mile an hour north wind and it's about three to five foot surf and so you kind of just stay in the surf on the way down and i rode so you're just basically today i just went left you know for a few (laughs) miles it's it's epic but today i rode the 190 uni and that's a fairly small foil for me and it was really interesting because there was so much turbulence in the water and there was so much white water, it kept stalling on me. So it's such a fast foil. And on the few times when I was able to get clear enough out the back to where I was getting into greener water, I had some really good runs. But on the inside with all the turbulence, the, the foil just kept stalling out in that white water. Um, do you ride different foils when you're in lots of turbulence? Do you experience that? You just talked about going over the white water and losing that which is what made me think of this. Um, is there a different foil shape? Do you just go bigger, high aspect? Do you like surf wings more? What do you uh, What do you feel like is the best type of uh, foil to be riding through turbulent waters in? So we've we've had a couple of foils coming from Clifford. I think the the main one that works quite well for for the if you're pumping out over white water, you'll probably want like an Albatross 210, just a higher spec to have that speed building up to a wave. Mm-hmm. That is pretty much key. As much speed as you can, and as soon as you hit the whiteboard, you kind of just, you you try, <laughs> use your legs as shock absorbers and just absorb all that white water movement. And then as soon as you hit a bit of clear water, you start pumping immediately. But I think if you're wave riding and you want to hit the white water, probably a, a low aspect wing, like a Stealth, works a lot better. Because it holds it holds itself a little bit nicer through the whitewater on a turn. Mm-hmm. So it depends what you're doing. Like with the downwinding, you feel that turbulence on the on the 190, the the higher aspect wing. But it it all differs if you're wave riding or downwinding or pumping. So yeah, when you're clearing whitewater, when you're pumping out, um, going over waves and going over whitewater. Oh, this is ridiculous. I'm I'm I live at the beach and I'm watching people right now release tons of balloons and video it what idiots sorry <laughs> you're, you're releasing like the 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 metal type balloons on the beach just to watch them go That's um sorry that makes me really mad man <laughs> um so when okay. you're when you're when you're clearing waves when you're pumping back out and you're clearing waves um how are you approaching that like i know i as i've gotten better and i've been able to build more speed i find that staying really high as I come over the wave. Almost, you almost get like a little free power up right as the, the crest of the wave passes. You can like level up and pump up almost for free right there, I find. <laughs> and then you can, I find that like the longer that you can glide to get past all of that wave energy before you start pumping, 
the, the more energy you save. It seems like if you mistime that pump on the backside of the wave, you lose a lot of energy. Um, do you have any tricks for that? Am, am I seeing that right? And, and what would you, how would you explain all that to someone? Yeah, so that what you've just said is pretty much exactly how it works. So okay. what you're going to want to do is get as much speed. If you see a wave that's just broken in front of you and it's a little bit further out, you're going to want to get like all the speed you can get. Just really pump, give it a little bit extra. And as soon as you get that white water, you lift a little bit and you just bend your legs and absorb that white water, that shock. But then as you said, on the other side of that wave, you want to get that angle of that first pump correct. Otherwise, you end up stalling out the foil completely and you usually just end up flopping to the ground with your board. So that that last pump on top of the wave is very crucial to keeping going after going over the wave. How far, what are you looking for before you do your next pump? How, how far do you want to clear the wave by normally? Say a two, two to three foot kind of day, something that you're going to be pumping over white water on. Yeah, so I'll usually, like the biggest one you'll usually go over is probably like two, like you said, two to three foot. That's usually the, the average size. But as soon as it goes over about three foot, you really, you go quite high, but then you have to hold on because sometimes if it's a slightly bigger one and you're going up, your foil can come out the other side because you have so much momentum. It's almost like going up a skateboard ramp and you see those guys on the half pipe going up, but then if they have too much speed, they just go out the back. Yeah. So you want to really absorb that that wave and follow the the curve of it to make it over the other side. It, it almost feels like you're ollieing up those bigger ones, right? Yeah. It feels like you're. <laughs> I feel like you're skating. I feel like foiling has become very close to like park skating, as you start connecting and and banking off of waves. Um, that's one of the the coolest aspects of it. What does? Yeah, so- the the foiling has definitely it's turned out almost like bowl riding like just the lines that we're taking yeah. now the speed and the flow is very much like skating in a bowl or in a park so it's really cool to see where it's come yeah what are your favorite waves to surf on a foil what are you looking for so my, my favorite waves are usually from from one foot to about three foot is like a really happy size and you can really mess around and try try do new moves and not worry about hurting yourself too much <laughs> but <laughs> if it goes above three foot then it starts getting a little bit more dicey there's a bit more movement more power in the wave and your foil is going faster but when it does get above three foot and four foot five foot it is a lot more fun you aren't doing as many turns but you're you're probably going faster than you would drive normally in a car so <laughs> pretty crazy that that rush of like being on a roller coaster but yeah, I do enjoy the slightly smaller waves just for the wave riding, but as soon as I want a bit of a rush, I'll try paddle into some slightly bigger ones to get that speed. Like if you ride a 165 wing that's like a high aspect and you go down a bigger wave, it's such a nice feeling just accelerating out of the bottom turn, flying down the, the face of the wave is definitely one of the greatest feelings. Absolutely. Um, what type of wave do you like most? So say like at the three foot size range, would you prefer to surf a long right point or would you sur- prefer to surf like a beach break with, with tons of bowls and sections in shorter period? Like, wh- what are your favorite conditions for, for like a, say a three foot day? If you could go out and just have two hours to play at anything that you could dream up, what would it be? So it would probably be a, a perfect three two to three foot reef break, but just like a small A-frame that starts, you can get an easy, um, but then from there it dies a little bit, you can ride and then it hits another part of the reef and it starts to reform again, kind of like the waves that we had. We went to Bali recently for for a surf trip for the signature foils go testing there and we found a wave that that was incredible. You'd take off on about a, a three-foot solid little right-hander, and then you'd end up riding. It would die, but then it would reform, and you'd have a nice section to play around, try turn a little bit, hit some white water, and then it would die and run into a lagoon for about two minutes. A perfect unbroken wave, just a swell running in. So that's that's probably the ultimate wave that if I had to choose, I'd probably go back there. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds dreamy, man. 
It is. Um, what about foiling big surf, like real big surf? Do you have? Do you like doing that? Do you want to do that? What's the future in in big wave foiling? So I'll I'll leave that to the to the professionals. No, but, <laughs> no I'll, I do enjoy it every now and then. So we have a friend, James Taylor. He's a big wave surfer here in South Africa. He takes most of the guys big wave foiling, big wave surfing, strapped riding. So. I actually learned with him in big waves. So it is amazing being towed into some big swells that you can never paddle into. And the speed that you go for so long, like far out at sea, it is it is incredible, the, the rush that you get. But yeah, it's, it is putting your life on the line a little bit more. But I think it, it is definitely worth it if you know you can make it out of the end of the wave. <laughs> Do you find that the wave size is how is wave size and fun linked for you in foiling so i think for for different people it'll it'll vary very greatly yeah. but for me i think the smaller wave size is definitely just that two to three one to one to three foot is it's definitely the most fun you can have fun with all your friends there's no there's no like danger when you take off on a wave you don't feel like your foil is gonna <laughs> do a backflip or something and it's just gonna pop out of the water it's just very controllable you can have as much fun as you want carving down waves and just really enjoy yourself with that kind of size yeah what about as far as skill level goes do you think it's harder to foil smaller waves or bigger waves so i think you you have to have time on the foil to be able to ride slightly bigger waves even above foiling a wave that's four foot is i think it's equal to surfing a wave that's like 10 foot Mm because you're going double the speed of surfing and it's definitely it's a lot a lot more critical but i definitely think if you're beginning just to stay in the slightly smaller waves maybe taking off just learning in the foam getting your your balance on the foil but as soon as you get a little bit better, you can move your way up to whatever size you want. But as soon as you go over that five foot, six foot um, size on a foil, it does start getting a little bit more dicey. So yeah, it, it definitely, you want to be a little bit more skilled if you like go in slightly bigger waves. But you can, it's nice to begin in smaller, like one to two foot. Yeah. Um, let's see here, man. So much to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> What, um, let's talk about construction. The signature gear, I think is really good. I and mean, you can do a bunch of signature plugs here because I really love the gear. I have the 250 um, right now. I've ridden the 210 a bunch. I have the two, 200 Stealth coming from Malta, which I'm super stoked oh. on. Um, and I like the construction. I like the flex. What do you think about flex in a foil? How hard do you like your foils? Um, you know, have you experimented with, with that at all? Yeah. So I, I definitely prefer full carbon setups just for their, for their liveliness. So I don't like a foil that's super wiggly. And if you, if you put pressure on the one side of the foil that the mass bends, that's not very nice. But if you have that right amount of, right amount of, uh, flex and stiffness in the, in the mast, like I've really been enjoying our signature masks. They're super, super stiff when you need it. But as soon as you do a turn, it does have a bit of a kickback out of it, which is what you want. So if you think of it, most fins nowadays are that that um, composite that have a bit of flex back when you do a bottom turn. So it does help. But I think when you're going in really big waves, that uh, aluminum mast might, might be a little bit better just for that stiffness, not having too much jitter in the foil. But... For smaller waves and wave riding, I definitely think the carbon is the way to go. Yeah, and I really like the signature mast. I like the setup on that a lot. I've I've ridden some foils that are are really like almost noodly, and they're almost impossible <laughs> to ride when you when you go to pump and and they bounce back the other way almost to where they're flexing around on you. Um, that's yeah. very difficult. That can be scary sometimes when you've you've got one of those masks, you take off on a wave and all of a sudden the thing just starts shuddering beneath you, your board does that noodle thing. <laughs> it's very scary, but 
I guess that's also the, the learning process. Yeah. No, I think, you know, I wrote a, a foil that had a lot of flex in it for a little while before I realized that most carbon setups didn't have that much flex. And I think it made me much better because you have to be so sensitive on your feet. I think it was actually a good yeah. thing, but it was really hard to ride it. Um, right on. Are yeah. you still doing a lot of stand-up paddle surfing? You mentioned that at the beginning. And how much time are you spending on a like a SUP foil? So I'm not – haven't spent too much time on the SUP foil recently. Been trying to get back into it now. Busy. I'm actually at the moment busy shaping one downstairs in our shaping bay in our house. Just for the, I think for the races that are coming up ahead for the the sub foiling, but definitely getting to that. I think sub foiling is definitely the key and the way to go if you're going to be doing uh, downwinders that are further out at sea. Just for that extra volume in the board and the ability to get back up after falling. So if you're, I've done a couple <laughs> surf foil downwinds far out at sea, and it does get a little bit, a little bit more scary because you don't have that comfort of the bigger board. Mm-hmm. But I do think supping, supping is the way to go if you're going to be doing downwinders because you can go so small now. You can go like a five-foot board with 75 liters, which is, which is perfect for most of the guys that are riding today. Yeah. When you go on the sup, are you still going to ride your 165 or 175 or will you move up to the 210? I'll probably end up using the 165 or the 175 for the supping because I'll generally – use the sup foiling i don't ride the sup much in the waves mm-hmm. i use it more for the racing side so when i do the the m2 the malakai to wahoo i'll probably end up using the smaller foils just because when you're out at sea on a downwind you really want that extra speed going down those swells because it does get crazy sometimes and you don't want that that extra foil lifting you out of the water too much so it is a little bit extra work with a 165 or 175 but it does pay off when you're out in the ocean yeah. When Zane uh, Schweitzer was on the show a few months back, he was talking about the race and talking about how you can have a foil that gets up pretty easily, that you can pump fairly easily, but then it's not going to be fast enough to ride the open ocean swell. Or you can optimize for you know those faster open ocean um, swell connections. Um, is that something that you plan for ahead of time? You know, How do you set up your foil? for that race what are you trying to optimize for yeah so we last year i generally actually surprised myself because i took the 175 and uh, i had actually a very a much bigger foil uh board than all the other guys i had like a six foot four which was for me it was quite a big board but i used that with the 175 and ended up being able to pump it very well in the beginning which was very surprising but it did help eventually just it was a bit more of a mission pumping out with a smaller foil in the beginning but as soon as you hit the those swells at the back it gets so rough and that wind's throwing you down those swells and you're just holding on tight trying to keep your line that's when you really want that smaller foil just that extra bit of speed when you're going down a swell it's not popping out of the water and you're not out of control are you using the sprint tail on those races I am using the the sprint tail wing for for the racing on the downwinds. Gotcha. Um, how'd you do in that race last year? <laughs> so I did I did the Molokai to Oahu two two years ago. I didn't okay. do the one this year. Okay. But in the, I was lucky enough to be invited to the the first foil Molokai to Oahu, which was which was amazing. So. I managed to come second place in that, which was absolutely awesome. It was more than I was expecting, but Epic. I think it was definitely awesome coming all the way from here to there. I think it was it was really awesome to be able to come second against all the all my heroes that were doing it with me. <laughs> oh, that's so cool, man! Congrats. Um, so let's talk uh, winging, swing winging. Um, you've been posting a lot of videos on the wing. You know what? Uh, where what? Where's the place for that? How often are you going to be spending time on it? Do you like it more than surfing? You know, what? Uh, yeah, what's it feel like? I've been doing a lot of winging recently, just trying different boards. The foiling and the trying surfboards even with the wings pretty crazy as well. But I think 
I've been enjoying winging a lot because I didn't get much into kiting at all. My dad did a lot of that, but I did the windsurfing, but kiting always seemed, I always saw everyone doing it, but always seemed a bit too much out of control because it was so far from me, all that power. But as soon as this wing came out, it seemed like it was right in my hands and if I wanted to, it was a lot safer. So I could just let go if need be, if something happened. So I have been enjoying it a lot more recently, just trying to get into freestyle and doing back loops and 360s in the air and stuff. So I am enjoying it so much. Every day there's wind, I'm trying to get out there with my dad, trying to <laughs> get him to drive <laughs> down. So also been loving it on the downwinds, just being able to race down over the swells because when you're foiling on a downwind, you can only go as fast as the swells go. So that's like your limit. But with a wing, you can go way faster than the swells, which is it's very scary, but it, it pays off if you're in a race or something. So it is a lot of fun on the downwinds having that, that wing with you. Are you strapped mostly for that? So when I, when I do downwinds, I generally prefer not to have straps for that freedom. If I'm going fast, I want to move my feet a little bit more forward on the front of the board just to keep the foil down. But if it's light, I want to be all the way in the back lifting that foil out. But if I'm in the waves wanting to jump and do a bit of freestyle stuff, try that out, I'll have I'll have straps on just to for the jumping stuff. It does help a lot there. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing any strapped uh, just regular surf foiling? Um I actually am. I I didn't do it for a while. I did a lot of just normal unstrapped riding, but I saw a lot of guys like uh, Brian from Foil the World, he was doing a lot of the strapped riding, getting into that. So I was I was curious to try it again because I did it right as it started, but I I got back into it now and it's actually really fun being able to do like backflips on a wave and doing alley oops and air reverses and that kind of thing with the board, being able to stack to your feet. It definitely helps a lot when you start bringing the foil out of the water. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's something I want to play with a lot. What's the best, what's your technique for popping up and getting into straps? So that took a, a long time to figure out. <laughs> that was one of my, my main struggles with the straps. But once you get used to it, it does become easier. So what you, what you want to do, you want to paddle in. It's a little bit weird lying on a strap, but if you find the right ones, it, it actually can be quite comfortable. But as soon as you feel that wave pushing you, you you kind of do the same thing as you would without straps. So you'd you'd hold the front of the board, push it down, make sure it doesn't come up, and immediately jam your back foot in. And then you'd keep it there, use your front foot, as you said, to just stabilize yourself. And as soon as you feel ready, try to find that front strap and get in as quick as you can. So and then from there, you're all set to do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right on. What's the most radical maneuver you've done strapped in surf so far? Yeah, so I've been watching a lot of other guys' clips with these strapped riding. It's been really incredible to see, but I've been trying for myself being just loving the, the backflip, the side of things, just being able to do loops on the way out with waves is incredible. That feeling, that inertia you get when you hit that wave and you fling your head back is is truly incredible there. So that's definitely one of my favorite moves. Trying to add like twists in the backflip now, landing 360 with a flip is pretty crazy as well. But yeah, I was trying to see how the straps can progress further. <laughs> That's insane to think about a backflip three, a back three. <laughs> That's nasty. Um, yeah. <laughs> are you finding... <laughs> <laughs> Jack from town when he was on the show said that he likes to use the straps as a way to get comfortable in a new turn and then take them off and, and learn the same turn um, strapless. Is that a way that you're approaching surfing as well, or using it as a training tool? Yes, yeah, so that, that does help a lot, having the straps, that the, being comfortable, as we were talking about earlier, when you hit a whiteboard, you want to be stuck to your board. You don't want that fall going anywhere. So with the straps, it definitely helps when you hit that white water that you're it really sticks aboard your feet so you're a lot more comfortable you do it so many times just get used to it the flow and the the technical side of how what you want to do with your 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 lift and everything but as soon as you get it down you 
you can take those straps off and keep trying and it actually it does translate over from strapped into strapless which is really cool way to learn like more difficult moves especially if you want to try do airs strapless it definitely helps to give it a go with straps first yeah it makes a lot of sense when you're setting up your straps you've talked about moving your feet a lot on the show where do you like i mean front foot position is probably pretty easy to get right but where do you like your back foot when you're strapped so i generally i try not to stand too wide on my foil Mm -hmm. just with the strap so i'll have my back foot a little bit further forward than usual but then my front foot also be a little bit back so you'll see a lot of the guys are standing quite wide but i generally try to keep my feet a little like just a touch closer together I just I find just a little bit more control and just ease on the legs also if I have to pump out or something I'm not standing too wide and right. it's uncomfortable on the way out yeah um, when did you start this is a two-part question here when did you start thinking about narrowing your stance and how much of that has to do with style and how much do you think about style so I in the beginning stages, I I didn't always stand too wide, but it was it was more of that like that ape trying to stand really wide as much stability as I could get. I think that's how you should start though, just trying to find that stability. But I eventually found it wasn't it wasn't doing justice on the way out if I was pumping or if I was wave riding. So I eventually just try to figure out what works. So I inched my way back to the middle and found found the sweet spot on the foil just a little bit closer together but it definitely helps because i did a lot of longboarding mm-hmm. and that that helps with the foot positioning so longboarding translates actually surprisingly well over into foiling because when you're longboarding there's a lot happening with the board just really trying to trim and trying to get your feet placement right so from that to foiling it really helps with with where you want your feet to be on the foil because a lot can a lot can happen if your foot's slightly off so i think i just try to get the style a little bit in try to fine-tune that trying to keep the feet a little bit closer together and yeah i think that's that's how it came around right on who's got the best foiling styles out there when you look at the current landscape of the best guys who do you think is looking not necessarily the best foiler but who's got the best style who, who are the top three maybe so I've I I really like watching Kane. He's he Kane the Wild. He's his stance is also really good. I took took a bit of my style off of that. Just the flow he has is really amazing, and I think it's it's cool to watch him as well. What he's doing now is incredible, and I think other guys like the turns Zane is doing is pretty crazy on that sup and the surfboard. He came to Malpos the other day where we live in South Africa. And he was he was ripping it up, eh? So it was cool to see see him flying around, busting massive turns on the on the foil. So that's also really cool. And I think Brian's also doing really well on that foil there. Eh? Been watching him. He's progressed so much now. He's doing massive turns off the foam. So it's been cool to watch those guys just get so good on the foil and just seeing where they where they're coming. Epic. Um, right on. Well, I think we're winding down here. Nathan, what uh, what did we miss? Is there anything you want you want to throw out there before before we jump? I think I think we've covered most there is to to falling. <laughs> <huh? laughs> no. Um, well, hopefully at some point over the next six months, twelve months, you'll come back on because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of messages, folks. Stuff I always miss a bunch of stuff, and then the next day I get a message. <laughs> Why did you ask this? It's like, oh, I should have. Uh, yeah (laughs) um and how do people find you how do they support you um give everybody the the rundown yeah so i think a lot of my support comes from the social media and the the community i have around me here in south africa also so i think with instagram just the the feedback that i get off there is pretty cool just the the thoughts and the people and what they think and also just the people around me like my my parents my friends always always telling me just helping me out and supporting me i think it's just been really cool just the journey how how far it's come what's your instagram gram handle how do people find you my instagram is 
just no caps is Nathan Van Buren, which is just one word. Nathan Van Buren on Instagram. And then Signature Foils. Yeah, so Signature Foils and Signature Performance Gear. Signature Foils, Signature Performance Gear. Right on, man. Well, Nathan, thanks so much for being so generous with your time. Um, It was was rad to have you on the show, and I'm sure people are going to love it. Yeah, it was awesome, mate. Thanks so much for having me on here. Eh? Been been such a pleasure to talk some foiling with you. <laughs>